0: hi i'm elise
1: i'm matt and welcome to pod race a star trek deep space 9 podcast if this is your first time joining us or two friends watching star trek deep space 9 and sharing both our deep and irreverent thoughts on our favorite star trek series
0: this week we're talking about season 4 episodes 11 and 12 Homefront and paradise lost teleplay by iris steven bear and robert hewitt wolf for both episodes Homefront was directed by David Livingston, and Paradise Lost was directed by Reza Badi. Homefront aired on January 1st, 1996. It's very interesting that they had like a New Year's Day episode. And um, Paradise Lost aired on January 8th, 1996.
1: This week on Deep Space Nine, Cisco is recalled to San Francisco after a terrorist bombing reveals that changelings have reached Earth. While Starfleet tightens security measures on Earth, Cisco and Odo discover that Admiral Leighton is deviously plotting to take over the planet.
0: (laughs) That's written so dramatically.
1: (laughs) I mean, is a coup ever not dramatic?
0: That's true. It just, like, take <laughs> over the planet. It just sounds, like, even more dramatic than a coup for some reason.
1: So did you or did you not remember these episodes, Elise?
0: I did remember these episodes. And it's funny because the parts I remembered the most were the parts with um, Grandpa Sisko, whose first name I can't recall. Joseph? Um, Yes, thank you. It was all the stuff in the restaurant I remembered. Um, I knew, like, the overall plot, but I didn't remember, like, how it shook out. Like, I didn't remember. I knew there was something shady going on, but I didn't remember, like, why and how and, and all that stuff. So it was fun to revisit.
1: Did you, like, in the your recollections of the shadiness... Did you remember whether this was, like, some kind of, like, alien plot? Like, you seen, like, you know, aliens have taken over and are doing the whole, like, conspiracy thing, or if it's just straight up, like, Starfleet people? Like, did you have any kind of memory or recollection of that, or no?
0: I think I remember that there were, like, humans that were, like, involved. I mean, to be fair, there could have been also non-humans, because we don't know what all Red Squad was (laughs) Is like I mean
1: there was at least one Bolian yes. admiral um, from yeah. the academy that was involved. Yes,
0: so. I did remember that there was um, something involved. I didn't remember if it was like the changelings and humans doing something shady or, but it all made it all. I really, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good two parter for me.
1: I'm pretty sure, and I didn't look this up again before we started recording, and I probably should have. How dare you? I see. I seem to recall when we were covered the Way of the Warrior earlier this season that obviously they they wrote that to bring Worf in Mm -hmm. uh, to DS9. But I think originally the idea was that the season would open with these two episodes. I don't know if they were going to do it like a TV movie like they did with with Way of the Warrior. That would have worked
0: too because this whole season is really, you know, the Dominion is really ramping up right now. So that would have made a lot of sense. I mean I love Way of the yeah. Warrior, of course, but and Worf.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Like you can see it like picking up from like, you know, when Odo kills the other changeling at the end of season three, it's like the we are everywhere is like how it ends or whatever, yes. right? So yeah. it's definitely, you know, follow ups to that and we even see the phaser sweeps and you know, in the opening scene, some of the security measures they're doing um, against changelings on DS nine at the start of the way of the warriors. Right.
0: So this is very oh, much easy. like we do these things on DS nine. Yeah. Now let's do them on earth too. And yeah. Yeah. This, epi- these... sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say this, uh, these episodes really made me think about nine 11, even though it was obviously released about five and a half years prior. Um, and it just spoke to me very heavily of uh, fascism, especially with like proving who you are, which is something I've felt even on DS9 with like making people do the blood tests. And like, this isn't a new feeling for me. It was just, we got a little bit more time with these security measures in these two episodes.
1: Yeah. It's definitely an episode that now is hard to not look at through a war on terror like post 9-11 sort of lens even though you correctly like put it in its historical context as, as being under six years before when it aired which yeah. is kind of wild to think about because i don't think of them as being that closely related but they are it's just time it's just how time goes and right. you know it's like oh like, yeah this is an enterprise you know I mean? and
0: we know we all know enterprise is like the 9-11 star trek
1: yeah no exactly right. um, so that idea of like the late nineties being feeling f- as far away as they are, and then the early two thousands are actually almost as far as as far away, but not right yeah um and even too, like you're looking at kind of those other kind of historical parallels that would have been in you know kind of the, the mix like you say, um not so much like the war on terror when this was being written 'cause it as we would know it later didn't exist yet but the idea of the red, squ- the red scare right McCarthyism that idea of you know and folks might be more like culturally familiar with that kind of like anti-communism anti-red sentiments after the second world war during the start of the cold war as if folks have seen Oppenheimer it touches on that yep. a lot and another thing that it would it touches on was part of the red square was and this is this is one of my favorite like Phrases ever because it's such kind of nonsense um when someone had communist like sympathies or whatever right Mm -hmm. before the u.s was in world war ii they would use that against them as like you know if they were anti-nazis before the u.s entered the war then they were considered in quotes prematurely anti-fascist because they would have the suspicion was they were allied with communism, right? Because communism being, you know, the kind of the opposite end of the the spectrum from, like, fascism. So it's like, okay, yes, we know the Nazis were bad and we fought them and it stopped. But, like, you were, quote, prematurely anti-fascist. So you're probably a dirty commie. <laughs>
0: yeah. It is really it's funny. Like the com-
1: the Nazis were only bad when we started fighting them. You know, if you didn't like them before, then yeah. you're just a dirty commie.
0: I also think that people, and this still happens today, people um, conflate communism and authoritarianism a lot, um, and it's very, it's very silly. I mean, people just don't know the definitions of things.
1: Yeah, and then I mean the idea too of like. You know, like the later Soviet Union acting more as an authoritarian state, not actually their like you know communist ideal. Like it's it's yeah. yeah. I guess that's it's really what I meant
0: to say. Like it just is yeah. interesting that they'll they'll people will use examples of that. I can never say this word of you know bad people in charge and be like, is this what your communism is? And it's like, no, yeah. that's a dictator. Like that's not the same yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's that whole idea of that like the political spectrum like people like it's like the horseshoe theory where it's like it's not a straight line it bends around so fascism and communism are like this the same thing and then at the center you have the the one righteous way of liberal democracy and it's like well that also has its Mm, problems um (laughs) (laughs) you know and it's just like think of the millions of people who've died under communism okay cool yes that is bad how about the millions of people that have died under like western level democracies right i think the
0: problem is is that it's hard to calculate that number because how many people just die of starvation or or other you know not having a job and like their life going to like because there's no help you know like there there's no there's no once you stop looking for work because you're yeah. like there's no way to like um calculate the that group of people so it always looks worse yeah. in the other situation but it's like okay but that was like a calculable number that's it's yeah anyway on a positive note, <laughs> I, um, I really enjoyed seeing the Cisco family dynamics in this episode, uh, or these episodes, I guess. Um, yeah. You can see Ben doesn't get home a lot. His father is very set in his ways. You know, he kicked Janine, the sister, out of the kitchen because she doesn't know her spices or doesn't, excuse me, or doesn't use enough spices. It was a very cute little, you know, you could see what matters to um, to Ben's dad. And you also get the impression that if he didn't join Starfleet, that he would have wanted Ben to run the restaurant eventually. I mean, I don't think that's flat out said, but, like, it's very, excuse me, it's implied that Ben is a better cook than the rest of the family, except for his dad. And so he would have wanted him to uh, be involved.
1: It's definitely, I think, something they would have, like, you know, bonded over and it's something that we've seen ben be be passionate about and like yeah we get some that insight into where that that passion came from yeah
0: because he cooks for the crew is, occasionally
1: yeah totally and he cooks totally, for cassidy uh,
0: not as much as captain pike cooks on strange new worlds but i definitely think they're <laughs> doing it on strange new worlds because i think it's a nod to um, deep space nine honestly in some way,
1: well, and there's just even that idea of like breaking bread and kind of the, yes. the communal activity of like dining is 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 important. I love crew dinners; it's, they, they always make me smile. What oh, was I going to say? Sorry, I'm not firing on all brains. No, on the I game. probably mm. yeah. No, also no could re- cut I cut you off. <laughs>
0: I no, about. I remember.
1: I remember what it was. It's. I think the benefits outweigh are like far more beneficial outweighing it, but I do think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the idea of joseph cisco being you know alive is a bit of a soft retcon because it's implied in one of the, i can't remember which episode but like early in the first couple seasons that ben's father is no longer with us has passed on oh i don't even um, i don't even remember it's not, that <laughs> yeah it's it's not like explicitly my since my dad died right, but that's definitely right. like the implied implication and it's like they kind of just ignore that but like hey if you can bring brock peters on to be avery brooks dad yes let's all for it let's and do that. let's and, let's ignore the other implications yes.
0: and i don't have this in our notes but i will never forget this that he also plays general cartwright in the star trek four and star trek six the movies um and i love him in that role (laughs) so much he's a great actor
1: folks might also remember him he doesn't he play boo boo radley in the um gregory peck to kill a mockingbird the movie
0: this is where i'm going to embarrass myself and say i've actually never seen that film yeah i've never actually read that book or seen that film it's on my shame list.
1: Oh no, he plays Tom Robinson. It's not Blue Radley. Robert Duvall played Blue Radley. That's what it was. He's yeah, he's the one who's falsely accused yeah, of, that... of sexual assault. Right. I knew he was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Atticus Finch is played by Gregory Peck in that movie. Who, speaking of Strange New Worlds, is Ethan Peck, who plays Spock's grandfather. Yes. It all comes back around.
0: Yes. I knew what you were getting at.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, this is not related to the plot, but I really... I couldn't tell if I loved or hated the opening scenes where Odo is angry that Dax had moved all of his stuff in his bedroom. Um, That just seems really mean of Dax to do. <laughs> like... It felt like such a cruel joke, but I also think, like, she probably didn't realize how important it was to Odo that everything is in its exact place, and by the end of that bit, she does know that. Um, I... I mean, and- I
1: think she knows. She he, isn't this like the fourth time she's done it. He said,
0: "Yeah, but she promised not to do it again, and I, I believe her that she won't." But I laughed hysterically when Oda was like, "Dex is the most humanoid person I know," and I'm like, "You know what? That is probably <laughs> true," because she does what she wants and lives how she wants and embraces yeah. every everything. And I just, I love, I love Dex. So it just made me giggle and that cork was obviously in on it somehow <laughs>
1: <laughs> that actually that whole gay that jadzia did reminded me this is now story time with with matthew mm. um that someone on my floor did in my freshman year of university in dorms oh my god so How it was set up is at that point you had two people to a room. Right. Right. So the one guy, whatever, I'll use their names, Lewis, was roommates with Seamus. And Lewis, don't think he went out to the bar that night, but like Seamus did. So Lewis. When you know you live in
0: Canada because we were not drinking age in college, freshman year. Yeah, the drinking age is 18 here. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: So Lewis moved all of Seamus' stuff, like his bed, his post even like the posters Seamus had on the wall and put them in the floor lounge. So like oh it's God. like he like copied the half of the room that was Seamus's and put it in the floor lounge. Seamus was very, very angry. I would have been so.
0: furious. If it was like if it was like a, so my freshman year we had a suite so it wasn't a floor lounge. We did have floor lounges, but like we had like a suite lounge, so it was a la- it was a like a living room, a bathroom, and three bedrooms, and each bedroom had two beds in it. So there were six of us girls in in the in the suite. If they had done it and put it in the like living room in the suite, I don't think I would be angry, but the fact that like it was like p- more public than that, I probably would have been really angry too those jerks but also like it's funny because that was however many years ago and it's, it's fine I'm sure it went was fine now so I meant to go back and organize my notes in a, in a better way than I did um I kind of went through the plot and I I yeah this is me admitting on, on pod that I didn't organize my notes very well
1: sure yeah give a give a 60 second plot summary okay time so you.
0: basically there was a conference on earth where they had where i guess earth and was meeting with the romulans and a, and a bomb went off and they were saying this is like the first violent crime in like 100 years and based on some security footage you know the changelings were involved and so it very much is like there's changelings on earth drama like do 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 you know so Odo and Cisco, oh sorry, Cisco is asked to come back to Earth because obviously being a Deep Space Nine, he's kind of the first defense.
1: Thirty seconds.
0: Um, and so he brings Odo with him because who knows more about changelings than Odo? Um, and his dad's very excited for him to come visit, but he's like, this isn't a vacation. <clears throat> I do like the idea of being able to like tra- teleport to another city for dinner. I think that's awesome. <laughs> Ten seconds
1: left for the plots, the 60-second plot summary. Um, I don't know if you're going to make it.
0: No, I'm not. This is going to go over. So <laughs> Sisko and Odo come to Earth, and they're greeted by Admir- Admiral Leighton, who Cisco um, had previously um, served under, and his, adju- adjud- his adjutant, which I... Sure, I'm pronouncing incorrectly, but I Googled it. It's basically a military administri- administrative assistant um, who is Commander Batine, played by Susan Gibney, who also plays Leia Brahms in TNG. You may remember her as the person that Jordy, um was creepy with because he ma- he became friends with her hologram and then was like, oh, I know all this stuff about you, but like didn't just flat out be like, hey, I learned some stuff because... I used your data. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Um, we also find out that Layton is the person that recommended Cisco to command Deep Space Nine. Which and he's I... a
1: former commanding officer.
0: Yes, and so at the end of this introduction, um, he Admiral Layton names Ben Cisco the head of Star- the interim or acting head of Starfleet Security on Earth. Basically, like look into this. Figure out what we need to do to stop the changelings. You're in charge. I think I set it up. I know it was, like, probably closer to two minutes <laughs> or more. Yeah, I,
1: I, to be honest, I stopped the stopwatch because oh, I said I didn't lead anyways. Um, so I was like, we're not going to know.
0: I mean, I didn't think you were, like, like going to hold me to a minute, really. We're not playing games here. We're just being silly.
1: How did you feel... About the whole the whole coup thing, and like Admiral Layton, his whole deal, basically thinking that the democratically elected government that the president, the Federation president and council, isn't like isn't taking the threat seriously enough, and seeking to basically, like you say, have have a mili- the military take over. That that's a very like. I know the whole idea, like, of the bad is what they call them, like, bad admirals, <laughs> and the admirals being, like, antagonists is, like, a very Star Trek thing. Yes. But I think this episode pisses a lot of people off, because it's such, like, an un ronberry esque thing for, like, a Starfleet officer to do, and it's, like, there's no sort of alien influence. There's no, This is just, like, a dude who wants... <laughs> to right. be the head of a junta that's running that's in charge of <laughs> earth right
0: um i think it's fine because they obviously make it that this guy's bad like i just i don't i'm not upset that this episode happened because i don't really care that much about the gene roddenberry box i think that we've had many conversations about this previously like people are going to have conflict even without aliens involved and that's normal. And I think he, the character, you know, makes up a lot of stuff in the episode and it's not like, I think that it's realistic to me that someone would, would do something like this. So I'm fine with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I am too. I like, I've never, and I mean, I think obviously like I, Space Nine is much more popular, um, in some ways now than it it was at the time. Yes. you know, the like only the, person I know that the, like...
0: watched it at the time was my mom, probably. <laughs> now people yeah. are obsessed with it. People yeah, are Elise it's... and Matt. I guess you watched it <laughs> when it aired too, probably.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I when I could, like more like, not like every I week. Probably we- weekly started watching it, like probably seasons four or five like right around now um but like i'd watched it a little bit before and and that's like probably partially why too because like i was in like junior high when it ended i think yeah right um when the end of season seven and so like i was like all in by that point but it's it's interesting how like i consider like TNG like oh I grew up with it and then DS9's like the oh I actually had my own tastes and like chose to like you know even though it's not totally different like right. and again it's like the it's the 96-2001 thing it's like that's such an arbitrary kid brain way of like looking at it you know what I mean I mean in like, one oh, of I'm, these things I'm I was, 12 now not yeah. 5 so when <laughs> like, this aired so.
0: I was um, I was what, so what year was this uh, uh 96, 96. I was in 8th grade in 96. Yeah. And in 2001, yeah, I
1: was I was 9 turning 10. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, hmm. Yeah, I was I was for, I was about to be 14 and it's interesting because between this and, you know, 9/11, 9/11 I was a sophomore in college. So it's like very very different. Um you know, for me personally, those five and a half, six years were very big changes. Um But yeah, I don't think I was thinking about this kind of stuff if I had seen this when I was 14.
1: I was just like, oh, they're bad. They're trying to take over. And that's like, that's that is literally what's happening. Like, that's yeah. all the like context you need to know. But the idea of I think when people... I don't want to say buy into, but like they talk about Star Trek as this perfect vision for the future, and it's like it's just a TV show, guys. Like, yes, it's not. Yeah, has it influenced culture? One hundred percent. Like we have flip, we had flip phones because of the Tos communicator. Like I'm not, I'm not downplaying that, but it's just like it's art, and good art comes from drama and conflict, and it's like, yeah. I don't know maybe I'm maybe I'm belaboring the point too much but like I think at the end of the day you
0: belaboring and like I'm sorry I'm glad
1: I'm glad that people care and I'm glad that people take it seriously and obviously we do too we have a whole Star Trek podcast but it's just a tv show you know like it's not it's not the bible even (laughs) though the bible is it the bible like you know what I mean like it's like people get so old you've and like even people now who don't like you are well within your rights not to like any tv show that that aired or is currently airing but it's like oh this is such a just this this alex kurtzman produced track is like you know gene's rolling in his grave and blah 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 it's like no he's not he's just rotting away like the rest of us well like
0: yeah no one's
1: rolling if you don't if you don't like it and like star trek discovery isn't for you cool I get it. Like, don't, just don't, don't be a dick about it. Right? Yeah. Like, just move on. It doesn't uh, hurt your life at all. But, <laughs> anyways, that's really off topics. So. That's
0: okay. I have, I have something to bring us back. So, do not fear. So, we have a few things going on. We have Odo and Ben trying to work with Starfleet to make everything more secure um, against the changelings. We have, a visit to um, the restaurant from Nog, and we find out that Nog comes here because (laughs) Jake's grandpa is the only person that can get him live tube grubs. (laughs) Um, And he's having trouble fitting in at the academy. He originally thinks it's because he's Ferengi, but then he realizes it's, no, it's because I'm a freshman, which I think was very cute. Um, I really enjoyed that as a little, like, reasoning. Um, and he wants yeah. help getting into Red Squad, which is some like, it kind of reminded reminded me, even though it wasn't the same thing, of the that group that Wesley was part of, where he in uh, TNG, where he like flew those like special plane or planes, Jesus Christ, the he, the special ships, and then that that kid died. I just watched this episode the other day. That kid died, and they all lied about it for a minute, minute and. Um, the actor um, who plays Tom Paris. Tom Paris, <laughs> the, not Tom Paris, was in it. Um, Nicholas uh, Lacarno. Yeah, but it's uh, it's played by uh, uh, what's his face McNeil. I always Robert, forget. Robbie his... Duncan McNeil. Yes, thank you. Duncan Robert. is what I couldn't think of. Yeah. Um, I really uh, someone in our in Star Trek chat recently told me that they wanted that to be Tom Paris, or they wanted Tom Paris to be that other character. But, like, they didn't want to have to, like, pay the royalties, maybe, to the original writers, which is awesome. Yeah, I've,
1: I've heard that, too. Yeah. And, yeah, another thing I've heard of is that in Enterprise, T'Pol's character was originally going to be T'Pring. Oh. Um, T'Pring, like, remember from Amok Time? Yes. Um, Fang, where she's, like, the head. And she ends up, she ends up... You know, making an appearance in season four during like the Vulcan Reformation arc, um, so that you end up using her. But yeah, early on, their their to pull was going to be pring and I think it might have been a a similar sort of. I also think that that
0: wouldn't have been as likable for me personally. Um, But I'm also like I really like topring storyline in Strange New World, so I just feel like that none of that would have been able to happen.
1: Um. I'm sorry, not pring to pal. I mean oh. to pow, not to pring. Got it. That's why I was to pring to... is is Spock's fiance. I yes. meant I meant to pow. Like from Abok time, like yes. the older the like older Vulcan. The, okay. The one who's like in charge or whatever. Right. Yeah, that's who I meant Although not I to feel pring.
0: I feel like that wouldn't have made any sense because she clearly like still hates yeah. humans. <laughs> but yeah. She was like, you know, a grumpy old lady if I recall. Um so. So yeah, so Nog wants to get into this this red squad which is like these elite uh students or whatever and he wants best uh, of the best of the best sir yes he wants cisco to sponsor him because you need like an important person sponsoring you so that's we'll keep that in the back of our minds for a little bit um as part of the measures that they're adding for security all of the people that are at starfleet installations and Family members of important starfleet um people, which includes Jake and Grandpa Cisco, because they are Ben's family, have to get blood tested to make sure they are who they say they are. This is where I start to feel really icky um about fascism. <laughs> And um Grandpa Sisko has a lot of problems with it as well. He basically, um, I mean, Jake says he gets arrested, but I feel like it was like more like, you know, a problem. I don't think they actually like arrested him. Um, but he refuses to do the blood test, and his his thoughts on it are that it's infringing on his on his rights and it really felt like any movie i've seen where, where there's nazis where they're like show me your papers <laughs> specifically um i was thinking of indiana jones in the last crusade when um when marcus gets gets um <laughs> kidnapped basically and sala's telling him <laughs> yeah. to run and he was like what papers and sala's like here's my newspaper or whatever Um, It made me think of that and it just is really gross to me and he has a really good point. He's like if I was a changeling I would probably kill a human and keep their blood around and use it for this test like any test that you're going to create they're going to figure out a way to get through it.
1: It that yeah that 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 whole reminded me of like D Ding a pro like a pro a, the how the party which I try to solve something in D D it's like well we're gonna take this guy's blood and then blah 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 like you know yeah. but
0: and then there's this really scary I mean I think it was and I say scary I mean scary for Ben he sees his dad accidentally cuts his finger because they're arguing while he has a knife in his hand and um <clears throat> Ben is just like is my dad a changeling? And he looks at the blood to see if it like changes into goo. And his dad is like really offended. You know, he was because he's telling him how he feels about this. And he is like, this is really me. This is really how I feel about it.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's like a good moment because, and I think there's like a, there's good, we like feel like the tension that Ben is, is feeling in that, that too because it's like you know we're sealing changelings under you know around every corner and every shadow and it's like you know so so yeah it's just like maybe like it just yeah the the idea of that like that fear like it's ultimately fear right The the changeling fear has been at all seeing changelings like everywhere right and it's yeah I think that paranoid feeling is right.
0: Yeah, that paranoid feeling is real. Um, It can happen to anyone, honestly. Especially him who he who he sees it more day to day than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. After this happens, I don't remember how long it was later, but the power, the entire power grid on Earth goes out, which is I can't even imagine what that would. Be like at any point in time like especially since like we know now we know in the, in our on our planet in 2023 like the power grids are not connected <laughs> <laughs> um but in this future they are all connected and um Cisco wants the president to declare a state of emergency which hasn't happened in forever but like Admiral Layton's like giving suggestions that are very close to martial law. Like we need to put Starfleet people all over the world to, to monitor what's going on. It's very, um, it feels very, very icky and very much not Star Trek. And I don't mean that in the way we were discussing earlier where I'm like angry it's happening. It's like, it's, it's jarring and you know that it's weird that this is happening and you're, I, Personally, I'm like, okay, I want to see where this goes next. Not like I'm angry they did this storyline where they're gonna put martial law out there for a few minutes of this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, I think I think my own, one of my like only criticisms
0: mm-hmm. about
1: this episode is, and I don't know how they show it or whatever and i know it's like budgetary restrictions like i I get why but i feel like this episode does a lot of like telling us about what earth is like and what they're protecting and what they're fighting for and why they're so like scared of like earth being paradise now and you know this whole like trekkie and vision and whatever um they don't really show it so yeah, it's like
0: yeah the only thing we get to see is really new orleans restaurant that's really it yeah
1: right and then the president's office in paris right um and like i get why like i don't it just i think that was i think that'd be probably like my only um criticism um yeah it's it's a lot of like telling not showing and so it's like when you see those when you see those shots of the security officers with the phaser rifles on the corners of the street and that's supposed to, you know, have those, like, martial law of, like, you know, the martial law vibes and Especially everything else and how it's Especially since you see them,
0: like, um, teleport specifically to those locations. So you're, like, seeing them pop up. It's not just, like, oh, you look out the window and they're there. Like, I, I thought it was a little bit effective, actually, to, to show them, like, showing up.
1: Yeah, I just think it didn't hit as hard as it probably wanted to for me because I That's hadn't fair. seen it any like different in the context of the show. But like, also, it's our perspective of what a character in a Starfleet uniform means is as their heroes is going to be different watching that than like if I saw like an armed soldier on the street, like you know you saw during the um uh flq crisis in in canada in the you know was that the early 70s or whatever right can you tell me about that because i don't yeah so what that is so there was a terrorist organized like group in quebec that were separatists it was like the the flq like the Fronts liberation to quebec or like the quebec liberation front oh yeah and basically they 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 you know were Doing some like blowing up mailboxes and like shit yeah. like that. When I said it made um, sense, and... I
0: meant the acronym, <laughs> for what yeah. it's worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and anyways, what I mean by the FLQ crisis is they, they like kidnapped like an English like trade minister and like a, 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 a like another like French trade minister, whatever. Um, they ended up murdering the French guy and letting the English guy go. But like, what what Pierre Trudeau Trudeau senior Justin's right. dad, um, did he um. Put in what was a time they called the War Measures Act. So again, same sort of thing. You'd see um, armed soldiers, like you know, on the streets and like that sort of like you know mm-hmm. temporary like martial law sort of vibes. And then there's this really famous speech where where an interviewer is like asking Trudeau about it, and he's and he says something to the effect of, "Well, there's a lot of you know bleeding hearts who don't you know want to see guns on the streets, but blah blah blah." And and they're like, "How well? How far are you going to go with this? Like, you know, where's the line?" And then. Yep trudeau's quote is just watch me
0: oh that's so So. unsettling
1: (laughs) yeah i'll 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 send it yeah that is
0: extremely unsettling yeah it's interesting to me that their first thought is like state of emergency martial law and then after some thought they're like wait a second if we had this outage the person who did it would need a lot of, like, security access and codes, so maybe it doesn't make sense that the Changelings were able to, uh, do this. But at the same time, you know, Changelings can pretend to be anyone. Um, you have one that pretends to be Admiral Layton at one point, and then you have another one that pretends to be, um, O'Brien later, who, um, I know I'm getting a little bit ahead, but he tells, um... He basically says to Cisco, like, there's only four of us on your planet right now. But he also doesn't deny doing anything. So it's just very strange to have that scene in there. <clears throat> after looking at some data, I guess, for some sort of uh, records, I kind of missed what records they were looking at. They realized that the people in Red Squad were, like, beamed back to Starfle- Starfleet Academy 26 minutes after the state of emergency. Um which basically like put them back at their their school 3 hours before they decided to mobilize all of the cadets for field duty so it made doesn't it didn't make sense because those were the the best of the best you'd think you would use those people like first um and so the guy that Bolian guy was you said he he was maybe like the head of the academy or something
1: yeah like think he's like the commandant because he has the academy like crest behind got him. it maybe he's right? like he so. could also
0: have been like because i don't really maybe he was like the teacher liaison for red squad or something also like i don't maybe he specifically worked with them because um cisco calls that guy up and is like asking him and the guy was like oh um can you delete that record and it's just all very shady yeah. One thing I found really interesting is now that the power had gone out and everyone believes that the changelings sabotaged the power grid, um, Grandpa Cisco yeah. is like really fine with getting blood tested. So it's really interesting how some people are like "my rights, my rights," and then they see an actual threat and then they change their tune. Um, and I think that felt very, very realistic to me. Um, and while you know, we didn't have to do blood tests and stuff. That felt very like 9/11 because there's there were people on all on many political spectrum on all parts of the political spectrum that were like letting things happen. Like the Patriot Act got enabled, and the you know people it pre- pretty much got like jammed through. It was a lot of suggestions that Congress had already denied. Um, yeah. And it just really, it really speaks to how they were, everyone panicked and was just like letting things happen without much thought. Um,
1: so, this is how Liberty dies.
0: Yep. With, With thunderous, thunderous applause. applause. <clears throat> I did enjoy the scene where Cisco basically tells Nog, like, you are going to tell me who's in Red Squad. This is not. A favor I'm asking <laughs> of you, this is an order. And you know Nog would never would never uh say no to Cisco. So basically <laughs> Ben, being as smart as he is, kind of tricks this Red Squad cadet into telling him exactly how they sabotaged the power grid and all of that. Um which was <clears throat> interesting and then cisco obviously goes to Leighton and is like hey i know what's up and he's like okay you're demoted um you're not the head of starfeet security on earth anymore <laughs> go back to two space nine because he you know late layton realizes cisco's on to him one thing i forgot to mention earlier is that before they before this all happened at the very beginning of the episode the wormhole was acting very strange it was like opening um Intermittently at random, and they didn't see anything. But now looking back, they they were like, oh, maybe a Dominion, a cloaked Dominion um, fleet was coming through. And he basically just calls up Kira on a secure line and is like, hey, there's shady things going on. Like, can you look into this for us? There's a lot of investigation things that happen. You know, Odo and Cisco find out that like a bunch of people that used to work for Layton are being put all over the galaxy to in prominent positions of power. And it's like getting more and more obvious that Leighton is doing this because he knows those people are loyal to him. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as Cisco wants to tell the president what's going on, Leighton is ahead of him and acts and does the, they do the blood test on Cisco and obviously uh, Leighton Finds out a way to make it turn into goo, and so it makes Cisco look like he's the a changeling, which is funny because like, really no one's a changeling of all these people. Well, and I like too. It's like
1: they never actually explain how they fake the blood test. Oh
0: yeah, because
1: Cisco's like when he's in the the
0: holding, yes. so He's like, "You didn't tell me how you fake the, fake the
1: blood test." And Lane's like, "It doesn't matter."
0: Yeah, I thought that was really funny, and um. I was just like, all right, I guess we're just not, we're just going to hand wave this. After after this all happens, Odo breaks Sisko out of uh, prison and tells him that Kira has definitely found some more evidence um, about Leighton, and they had someone specifically doing something weird to make the wormhole, like, open and close so that it made it seem like there could be the fleet coming through, um, and then we. This episode ends with a Starfleet on Starfleet ship uh, space fight. Basically, Leighton has sent the Lakota, which is now head up by Captain Batine. He, um, as I was saying earlier, he had people that are loyal to him go go have uh, positions of power, and one of them was assigning her to the Lakota. And they, he lied to the people on the Lakota and told them that Kira and all of those people that were coming on the Defiant to with the proof of this plot, he told them all that those were all changelings so that they would fire on the Defiant and um, not think they killed any actual uh, humanoids. It's really sad, though, because before Bateen really decides on her own that this is going too far there were people that died on both sides yeah yeah. of course we never heard about them before and we'll never hear
1: about them again but you know yeah it was some <laughs> random names but there were also they were, they were
0: names they were, they named. were named
1: characters we never met
0: <laughs> And but on the Lakota side they said 26 people died so that that's a yeah. a lot so Leighton I guess resigns in disgrace he takes his pips off Earlier in the episode, um, Grandpa cisco I just like calling him that, <laughs> um, was, said he wanted to meet Odo, which I thought was very cute, and at the end he finally gets to meet Odo.
1: He does.
0: It's, I wanted to talk a little bit, I know we got into it a little bit about, like, people's reactions to terrorism and how, um, they often let governments or police, um, go overboard in reaction. Um Or they, those groups do go overboard and no one stops them. <clears throat> and it was interesting to me because Odo and, for the first part of the episode, Odo and Admiral Leighton were pretty much on the same side of, about this. Um We need to do whatever it takes. And we know Odo has a tendency to be a little fashy. Um... <clears throat> And so Cisco was actually starting was hearing his dad a little bit and was wondering if it was all too too much and it was just interesting the two different sides I liked that they that they had that though like they had Admiral in having this one view and and grandpa Cisco having another view, and Benjamin like not really knowing what the right thing to do is
1: yeah well and and it's like grandpa joe is such like a good or i guess dad in this case but like joe sosisco is such a good mirror for ben and like does those moments yeah whereas where it's like he recognizes that ben's brooding about something and like yeah i can't you know ben can't tell him what it what it is and like he's cool with that he understands it but it's like he knows his son knows what he has to do. And it's just like that kind of like, you know, that talk and that, cause that's honestly probably, you know, you get the the cute story about, you know, asking, you know, the someone out and the beaming of the furniture and all of that stuff. But yeah, it's just, I thought it was a really cool scene. I just think that's probably my favorite scene in the, in the thing in the work aside from, you know, how fun Cole Meany must have had as the, <laughs>
0: I thought that they made him act very, Irish (laughs) like a little too stereotypical like he was very much like he sounded like he was talking in riddles a little bit
1: (laughs) and I was like
0: it made me think of how he didn't want to do um that episode where um Rumpelstiltskin was originally a leprechaun (laughs) yeah and just to go back also I know I mentioned the Patriot Act but this was really a bad time in our country um the FBI was able to secretly conduct physical searches and wiretaps on American citizens to basically obtain evidence of crimes without probable without probable cause. Um, and the, there was just a lot of things that were allowed to happen, and it just was a very knee-jerk reaction, and it was really awful. And it feels like really relevant to what happened in this episode to me. It was, like, literally, like, six weeks after 9-11.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that is one of the most telling things in, like, in the two-parter, and especially like, watching them back-to-back, like, to cover them in the same week, is you mm-hmm. you get the, like, tonal whiplash of, of Joseph Siskel from not wanting to do the test to having that speech of, like, Oh, I still don't like this, but this is great, you know. I'm like that, yeah, like how you can change public opinion on something that that quickly.
0: Yeah, and I just wanted to um, reiterate also that the amount of people in Congress that voted for these things was very high. So ninety nine percent of the Senate voted yes, and only one person voted no, and from the House, three hundred and seventy sorry 357 people voted yes 66 voted no um and that's just really staggering yeah i don't know about you but i was not feeling very horny during this episode
1: yeah no 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 not at all i do have a i do have a uh submission for the most star trek thing though
0: oh yes please
1: I have mentioned it earlier, but we have another bra- a, a bad morale, a bad admiral. <laughs> admiral who's a bad guy. Yes. It's such a thing in like Star Trek lore, the bad morale that anytime like a new admiral character is introduced, people expect them to be bad like when um Oh, uh, like Admiral Vance on Star Trek Discovery. Yes. People kept waiting for a heel turn, and I mean, as we're recording this, the final season of Discovery isn't out yet, yeah. but it hasn't happened yet. Probably <laughs> well, they won't. Had, but they
0: had the one admiral at the beginning of Discovery that was, I think, was she sleeping with Lorca? Um, oh, Cornwall. She wasn't yeah. bad, but yeah, yeah yes. Yeah. But that's my point she died okay
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: all the good admirals die so either you're bad or you die is kind of my admiral uh, uh either feels. die
1: hero or you know live yeah. long enough to become the villain something 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 yeah
0: <laughs> um i had a couple i had one most star trek thing but it's really a most deep space nine thing and it was just like i really loved o'brien and bashir doing their hollow sweet shit together at the beginning like these are the besties I know and love of their characters. Um, and I loved that they were still in character when they went to Quark's to get a drink. Like, that made me really happy. But, like, they're always off doing something, and that just felt very Deep space 9 um, And this is not a most Star Trek thing, but, like, maybe a most ironic thing. Um, Odo... Uh, O'Brien tells Odo at the beginning, because... Odo is, like, a little nervous to go to Earth because he's like, I'm a changeling and I don't think I will be very welcome right now after what has recently happened. And O'Brien says to him, no one could hold you responsible for what your people are doing. And I'm like, if anyone was going to judge someone based on what their people are doing, it is O'Brien. So that just felt very funny to me. You know, he, like... It it happened when the episode we watched very recently, where the Hadar wanted to get off of their like that drug or whatever. He's like, no fuck this. Yeah. Like, um, he definitely and he judges all Cardassians. And I'm and I and I I'm not like giving that a value judgment or anything, but it's just funny to give advice like that or to say that to someone when we know you're the type of person that would definitely be judging an entire species based on a few bad actors or many bad actors.
1: Well, at least until next time, where can folks find more of you on the internet?
0: You can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd and Storygraph, at chicken double underscore tendy. That's D E N D I.
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd and at Maddie Hugh, M A T T Y H U G H, Blue Sky as well, under the same. You can catch us together on Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Podraiths, And you can email us at podrace at gmail.com. And until next time, computer end program